Blog Talk Radio. Reverend Arlene and myself are relationship coaches. We are trained professionals, but we believe in a spiritual union, not relationships as we see it in the world today. So what we're going to talk about tonight is not for you to go out and try. You should not do these things unless you sit down and work with a trained professional such as Reverend Arlene or myself. Because some of these ideas may seem very mild, and you may even be doing some of them, yet others may seem quite radical. And the name of this show is How to Ruin Your Relationship. It is that for a reason. If you go out and do this stuff, you very well could ruin your relationship. So I am saying to you, do not take our advice tonight unless you sit down with a trained spiritual counselor or relationship coach who can walk you through what we are talking about. So, Arlene. <laughs> yes, Reverend Harvey. Why we want to ruin people's relationships? What's that all about? <laughs> because, ladies and gentlemen, the reason why we want to ruin them is because we are looking to have you live a more authentic life, 
uh, with yourself and uh, with other people. And the reason being is, you know, the less and less people are getting married today, and marriage, you know, marriages are falling apart. At least those people who are getting married, it's still half. You know, we still have like that fifty percent, the fifty percent rate for divorce. And it's so been that way since 1988. The only yes. difference is fewer people are getting married, yet we've still got the same divorce rate. That's scary if you think about it. Obviously, when here's the thing, if you if that is the case and less and less people are getting married and more you what you're having is more and more relationships falling apart, then obviously there is something wrong. There's and, a war on love. Okay, a war on love. There's a war in love, but yes, there obviously there needs to be a shift in the paradigm that we have had uh, all of these years, and that's the reason why we are going to tell people how to ruin <laughs> their relationships. Because when you put these things into practice, when you really start living some of these principles and and go by some of the rules that we're going to mention here tonight, it will radically shift the relationships that you have, be it in an intimate one or or the ones that you have with your friends. All right. And so I want to talk a little bit about what we are going to get into tonight. We're going to be talking about some interesting tactics I'm going to talk to you, or we, Reverend Arlene and myself, are going to talk to you about divorcing the fairy tale. That's right. Most people live under the illusion of what a relationship is. We have become slaves to to marketing, to advertising, to Disney. That's right, to the fairy tale. And then we've allowed the chemical high that our body produced when we are in that new stage of a relationship to make us believe because we feel love. <laughs> and so we're going to talk about divorcing the fairy tale. Goodbye, fairy tale. This relationship is over. Then I want you to put yourself first. Hmm. People would think if you put yourself first, then the relationship won't last. If you put yourself first the right way, the relationship will last. Because you can't have a relationship outside yourself until you straighten up the relationship with yourself. If you are afraid to be alone, if you are afraid to love yourself, and I'm not talking about masturbation. Anyone can do that. I'm talking about truly loving yourself and not in a physical manner. Being able to look yourself up and down and like every part of your body. No matter what it looks like, instead of looking at yourself and, oh, I don't like my toes or I don't like my knees or, you know, when someone say, what's your best side? All of me is my best side. All of me. Because I'm one whole unit and it's one beautiful work of art. Thank you, God. You got to put yourself first. Change your relationship with life. What the heck does that even mean? If you're asking that question, what the heck does that mean, then you really need to listen in tonight. Because if you don't understand that you have a relationship with life, mm, 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 that's a problem. 
That's a humongous problem. This is something that we should be teaching our kids in pre-K, before they even start school. They should be learning about their relationship with life. And then last, tell the truth. Do you have it in you? Do you? No, not a lot of people do. We all know telling the truth is a recipe for divorce. When she asks, do I look fat in this dress? And you say, well, um, your head says, don't tell her the truth. Why you ask? <laughs> you know, and I say, when given the chance to tell the truth or be kind, always be kind. But that don't mean that you lie. That just means, baby, you look any way you want to look. I love you for who you are, and I hope you feel the same way about you. And yeah, that could be irritating, but you know what? My opinion should not matter that much to you. If Do you think you look fat in that dress? Do you? I love you, regardless of what you look like. In my eyes, you are dying. That's why I'm here. And I ain't got nothing bad to say about you behind your back. Everything I'm saying to you in your face, I say to people when you're not around. Because that's how I carry it. Because I'm going to tell the truth. So, Arlene, are we ready to do this? Yes. Are we ready to get in there with our axes and our drills and the wrecking ball and start tearing relationships up? (laughs) Yeah. You sure? Yeah, as you know, yes. Because I yes. told people, you know, don't listen to us tonight. Well, listen to us, but don't take our advice because that's not what you're going to want to do. Not right off the bat. All right. So right after these messages, we're going to go ahead and get started. We're going to start with Divorce in the Fairy Tale when we come back. Welcome to the Family Healing Circle where we heal the mind, body, and soul. Join us every Monday for Totally Whole with Dr. Rosemary Cook and Pastor Bridget as they discuss issues related to spirituality and mental health with emphasis on wholeness of mind, body, and spirit. Get your money right Tuesdays on Money Matters with Chastity A. Wells. This show is the tool you need to develop a healthy relationship with your money and financial legacy. Every Thursday is a treat as we mix it up. On the first Thursday of the month, it's Total Empowerment with Angela Hart, where beauty and strength is enhanced inside and out. The second Thursday of the month is Relationship Talk on One Love, One Connection, One Up with Reverends Arlene Cahet and Harvey L. Bailey, as they give you practical advice for creating a spiritual union to have the relationship you want. Call in with your relationship questions. Calling all brothers on the third Thursday of the month, it's the Sacred Masculine Show with Reverend Jamel Gilliam. It's a show for spiritual brothers and the women who love them. When there is a fourth Thursday in the month, we have the Healing Paradigm with Reverend Arlene Cahet, healing the mind, body, and spirit through changing viewpoints. Every Friday, let's talk love, sex, and nutrition with sexual wellness coach Bondria Walters and sex enthusiast Zakia Lana. 
the hottest sexual health and wellness and nutrition show around. This is for the grown and sexy. Listen at your own risk. If you don't know, now you know. The Family Healing Circle on Blog Talk Radio, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. It's the best in entertainment, education, and talk radio. Before we begin, though, uh, just so you all know, it's the fourth Thursday is the Inner Consciousness with Reverend Harvey L. Bailey, and I do the fifth Thursday. Well, thank you for putting that in there. No worries. We can't leave you out. Well, no, that's impossible. (laughs) Because I am in the relationship. All right. We're going to divorce the fairy tale right now. We're going to talk about romantic relationships and the fact that romantic relationships is a crock. Arlene, you and I, we both know from all the work that we've done that romantic relationship is an illusion, but it sells, especially this time of year, because Valentine's Day is only four wonderful weeks away. Well, four and a half weeks away. It's a month from today. How about that? Big, huge marketing tactic. You know, sell the romance. Romance novels. Big business. People love it. People love it. Romantic movies. Sells. Romance itself sells. But romance is an illusion. And there's nothing wrong with romance, but building your relationship based off of romance is an illusion. Before the 12th century, it was not a widely accepted principle. Yeah, there were places and communities where people believed in falling in love and the whole idea of a romantic relationship. But by and large, the majority of the world's population, did not do it that way. Romantic relationship was for fools. You married off your daughter to someone whose family had more money or someone who would be able to take care of her. And so it was usually a business arrangement or an arrangement to have security. Because there was once a time where women did not make their own money. And so for a father not to be burdened with his daughter her whole life or to pass that burden on to the oldest son, he married her off to a man who could take care of her. If you're wondering what I'm talking about, go ahead and rent the movie Color Purple, and you'll have a better understanding of what's happening right there. That's the way. It used to be. But let's also look at romantic relationships from this standpoint. 
We talk about falling in love, seeing someone across a crowded room and instantly going, oh, that's the person I'm going to marry and spend the rest of my life with. Okay. Isn't it interesting that we fall in love with people by proximity? Nowadays, we have the Internet. And so we can fall in love with someone in Bangladesh and be here in America over the Internet. I don't know how well you really get to know a person. Some people may say you get to know them real well. You don't have to be in their presence. Okay. Consider me old school. You know, I need to feel people out. And I can't really feel you out over the Internet, no matter how many questions I ask you, because I need to observe your body language, because I understand that very little of what you are saying, and it's even less when you're typing it, but very little of the words that come out of your mouth is what you're saying. Eighty percent of what you're saying is in your body language, and I'm missing all that, even if we're Skyping. I'm still not getting the full picture. I'm still not seeing everything that your body is doing. So I don't know if your body's calling for me or pushing me away. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But it's interesting that we fall in love by proximity. People typically have fallen in love with someone in their community who they've met in college where they happen to be. By proximity. Yet, if you believe that there's only one person out there for you on a planet, an overpopulated planet of 7 billion people, billion, that means if you could get one person in the world or a dollar from every one person in the world, you'd be a billionaire. Wouldn't that be nice? (laughs) But on on this overpopulated rock of 7 billion people, There are people who can tell the story of having loved their first spouse until that spouse died and then marrying again and loving that spouse, sometimes not as much, sometimes more, sometimes equally as much. But there's only one person for us? No, that's the fairy tale. That's the storybook princess lie, that someday your prince will come. And he'll rescue you and make everything be okay. And then for today's modern feminist group, you don't want the prince to come and rescue you. You don't need to be rescued anymore. You can take care of your doggone self. (laughs) But it would be nice to have a companion there. And still, is that companion the one and only? Is he supposed to be the one and only? Now, this is just me, but I would suspect For any one person, that's probably 100, maybe 1,000, maybe even 100,000, possibly even 1 million, the ones. Because it has been proven over and over again, and they actually even have a reality show on Arlene. You watch the show, Love at First Sight, where it's been shown that people can fall in love with people. You don't have to fall in love with someone at first and get married. You can actually get married and grow to love someone. It's interesting how many people married someone who they couldn't stand at one time. So that means that love can be created. How about that? What you got to say about that, Ali? <laughs> I 
I say that uh, when I began to accept that as a reality, that the that not falling hook, line, and sinker for the fairy tale that I I, I will admit to, you know, just doing a little boo-booing over that. (laughs) (laughs) You heard the glass shatter and you couldn't believe it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, um, I I did, I did, uh, I did have that uh, experience of, of, you know, just, having that that part of myself rattled. And then what began happening um, is that the the people that I was having relationships with, uh, even those those relationships with men, I found that um, once I gave up that fairy tale and that expectation, it allowed me to accept what it was that they were presenting me instead of necessarily embracing it with rose-colored glasses. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I've had the opportunity to, you know, love and care for, you know, really, really interesting and, you know, spiritually evolved men. Uh, however, um, whenever it was that, whatever it was that, they presented to me. Mm-hmm. I was able to accept it. There, there, you know, and and there were a few of them that really loved me to my core. However, because of where they were in their journey, they just were not able to meet my needs, my you know, my my non-negotiables, and even some of my wants. And I had to be a big girl and go ahead and accept that. Um, and not, and don't get caught up. I mean, see, uh, let's just put it this way. You know, if I, if I read fluff or if I watch fluff, I understand that it's fluff. And mm-hmm. I will let, allow myself to, like, temporarily suspend my belief that you know, suspend my belief on what what life has actually shown you know things to be for me, um, but I've allowed myself to uh, you know have that be entertainment and have and understand that that is make believe, but the reality of life, um, or not even so much the reality of life, but understanding that that first relationship that I really needed to focus in on um, was, you know... Stop, stop, stop. See, you're going way into the other part. Come on. We're only talking about the fantasy here. Okay. You know, understand that the fantasy that, you know, that you can, you know, I'm not saying that you can't have a romantic excursion. You can't do those things. I'm not saying that. But the idea that, you know, or the idea or the expectation that the other person is going to provide that for you, uh, you know, uh, you really have to reevaluate that and and really take a look at what it is that they're presenting, the individual. And because understand that when you're attracted to a person, 
um, and you do that, what they call that falling in love, that addiction, there is something there, there is something there, and something else at play there. Mm -hmm. There's something else that's looking to emerge. There's something else that's looking to be healed because it is reminding you or they remind you of a previous their previous experience or they're reminding you of something that needs to be healed and they are that perfect person to allow that to happen. And when you come to the understanding that that's what that falling in love process is about, it, it will change up the dynamic of how you're looking at it and how you're approaching it. And, and I'm not saying that, you know, that you won't soon. Because I got to tell you, that is a that falling in love stuff. That it's is beautiful. a powerful, powerful concept. Yeah, if you can market it and put it on the street, you put everybody else out of business. Then people okay. be trying to take what you got in your territory. Because <laughs> it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. It mm-hmm. is. But and and I want people to understand that we're not saying that there's a problem with romantic relationship. What we're saying is the illusion of romantic relationship. And to make that real plain and simple, if you believe that there's a person in the world for you, and when you see that person, it's going to be magical, and you'll fall in love with that person, and that is the only person for you, and you'll be happy ever after. That's a fairy tale. That's a fairy tale. You know, it's again, it's been shown over and over again. Interestingly enough, even in the new movie Concussion, there is a part where Will Smith's character says to the woman, as he's proposing to her, I want you to marry me. We can fall in love. We can fall in love. You know, and it's not I'm in love with you. We can fall in love. And yes, you can. You know, people, interestingly enough, people throughout history have fallen in love with their captors, people who have kidnapped them. And I'm not just talking about Stockholm Syndrome, where you start to identify with your captors, but women who have actually been taken hostage fall in love with that person. So really, it's what's going on in your gray matter. And as you change your thinking, you can fall in love with anyone, especially if... As Arlene was saying, when we're brung together with people, all people, but those who we feel a romantic attachment to, it's to heal something that's going on within us. And so if you come in contact with someone who has or you discover that they have, you know, this this substance that's working on something within you, if you got daddy issues, and this guy is kind of like your dad. You may not have seen it before, but you're starting to recognize, hey, that's the kind of stuff my father used to say or my father would have said. Or you've got mommy issues. You know, they over a period of time become more attractive to you. And you can fall in what's called love. But that's also the reason we fall out of love so quick. Because we bought into the fairy tale that it's supposed to feel a certain way. And if I feel that way, that way is what's called love. And that's how I know that I love this person. But that feeling lasts only for a limited period of time. Love is making the decision that I will still give my heart to you even when I don't feel 
that chemical high anymore. I give my heart to you because I choose to love you. Just like we choose to hate somebody. You can meet somebody and dislike them and don't even know why. Deep down in your subconscious, you're making a choice. You don't have to dislike that person. You're making a choice to dislike that person. You can make that same choice to love someone the same way you make a choice to like someone or a choice to like something. So what we're saying here is romantic relationships is a crock. Bring romance into your relationship, but seek the real in a relationship. And so we're going to move on to the next one, which is focus on the good in a relationship, because this is how you seek the real in a relationship. Arlene, how many times have you talked to people and they've told you the bad things about their relationship? Have you ever had that happen? Yes. Yeah. And 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 I, I used to be one of those people. I, I will openly admit that. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, because yeah. that yeah. happens. You know, when things are good, we don't necessarily talk about that. But when there's something to complain about, yeah, we want to talk about that. They did this, they did that, they, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's that's when we talk about it. And you know what happened when we do that, Arlene? Uh, you amplify more of the, mm-hmm. uh, you draw more of the bad stuff. Yeah. And because that is your, because that's your focus. And inside yourself, you are running a mantra that is destroying your relationship. Because if all of this stuff is true, you're making it harder for you guys to be together. You are creating this negative energy between the two of you. It is now, instead of attracting and pulling you together, it is repelling and pushing you apart. Yes, words have power. Thoughts are things. They have strong effects on your life. Mm -hmm. And so when you are constantly thinking this ain't going to work, this person get on my nerves, yada, yada, yada. Guess what? That's what you're creating. And so it's no wonder that the relationship don't last or it doesn't work because you input your fears, your worries, your concerns, or you never gave praise and thanks for the good things. You never vocalize the good things. You got to do that in a relationship. And one of the problems with the idea of romantic relationship is that Prince Charming is supposed to be perfect, just the way you want him. And so women, stop trying to mold your prince into being perfect. That doesn't work either. You can't mold him into being perfect. And so the horrible things that you say to him, trying to incentivize him to be the man that you want him to be, it's just not going to work. Instead, it's breaking up your relationship. And men, same thing. You know, back to that scenario. Do I look fat in this dress? Yeah, you know you look fat, that big old ass. You need to work out. Okay, that ain't helping. <laughs> you know, that is not going to properly incentivize her to love you anymore or to treat you any better. Again, it's only creating a block that is starting to repel the two of you, 
push you further and further away. But when you break this illusion that a, re- a relationship is supposed to be a certain way, and I want to address this because, Arlene, you know, a lot of people will say, well, I don't necessarily buy into the romantic relationship. Okay, do you have an idea of how a relationship is supposed to be? Well, yeah. Tell me about your idea. And usually when they start to talk, you know, it's nice and it's good. And sometimes it tips right back over the border into that romantic area. Well, you know, he should bring me flowers and massage my feet or this or that. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. And again, there's nothing wrong with a little romance, but to expect. A romantic relationship, meaning it's based on that, that's not the reality. The reality is that this is a person, and they're going through things like you're going through things, and you guys have to find a way to come together to bring your issues together and work them out together, not against each other, but as a team, working together. So, Arlene, what are your thoughts in there? I I think that one of the things is that when it comes to the other person, I mean, you really have to just accept where they are. Yes. Accept where they they are presenting. Uh, you can have your list of you know your your needs and your requirements. And your watch, you could have all of that, all of that, and see if they fit, you know, and understand. But understand that whatever it is that they're presenting right now, if you get involved with them, that everything that they're presenting gets amplified ten times over. So if you know, if if he has a habit of scratching his feet and his butt. And, you know, and you don't like that, you know, maybe just, you know, it, it will get amplified ten times over. So what if you he has a habit it? of scratching his butt with his feet? Come on, you got to admit okay. that's kind of cute. <laughs> <laughs> I love to scratch my butt with my feet. Just the fact that I can do it. Come on. <laughs> Come on, that never gets old, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just know that you know, and I really wish that when I was when I was younger, that uh, people, the adults around me, would have had a real power side chat about that. That everything that you see that is being presented and uh, you know is going to be amplified over. So that that goes for the stuff that you love. And that goes for the stuff that you don't like either. And and you will get to know more of the person. So it's really, really, and just accept where they are. You know, don't don't think that you're going to change and mold them because people don't change unless they want to change. You know, and if they tell you that they're going to change for you, that, no. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't buy into you know that nonsense that they're trying to sell you because they're trying to sell you if they're going to tell you that they're going to change some habit that they've had for for umpteenth amount of years and they haven't changed in all that time and they're going to change just because they're going to get involved with you. <laughs> no, no. 
So, yeah, that is my two cents about that. (laughs) Okay. And the takeaway from that is when you're in a relationship, you got to focus on the good. No use wasting energy and thoughts at looking at what's wrong. Mm-hmm. Appreciate all the good. And if you can't find any good in a the relationship, then you have to ask yourself, why are you in this relationship? And you may find that the roots go back to the myth of being in a romantic relationship, living in that fairy tale the way this person came into your life. And a lot of times what we do is we believe that how this person came into our life meant that they were supposed to be there and that we have to stay with them because, you know, maybe they were a gift from the heavens. Maybe they showed up when you needed them the most and they stood by your side when you were going through something really bad. And now that's blown over and you see that, wow, If they could only be the way they were, you know, when I was in crisis and I needed them, you know, but they must have been a gift from heaven because they showed up when I didn't think I could go on. That's romanticizing it. Don't romanticize it. Again, the whole idea of a romantic relationship began just 1,900 years ago, and it is still claiming a lot of victims in a relationship game. Let's be real with relationships. If you want romance in your relationship, talk with your partner. See if you guys can get romance in your relationship. But don't have your relationship built on romance because it's a house of cards. It's going to do nothing but tumble down. Okay, so you got to put yourself first. Arlene, what is that? sound like to you when someone tells you in your relationship you got to put yourself first uh for me at least now it it means that you have to develop a relationship with yourself first you got to you got to love yourself first you've got to be in that loving space that unconditional loving space of loving who you are and loving yourself so much that even the idea or the thought of being by yourself is okay. Yeah. Because uh, everywhere you go, there you are. I mean, hey, you know, I, the doing it the other way around, I don't think uh, has been working for working for people. And also, and also, you know, when a person really is in that state of loving themselves and appreciating themselves. People want to be around them. You know, um, uh, self-love looks like confidence. It is, and, you know, there is this sort of desire. You you know, uh, there was uh, a while back where a girlfriend of mine that said confidence is sexy. So loving yourself first, putting yourself first, understanding yourself, developing a relationship with yourself, understanding what your needs and wants are, understanding who you are, and digging deep into, you know, what it is that you like, what it is that you don't like, what it is that you want to experience, and doing those things with yourself, by yourself, and and for yourself, uh, and treating yourself well, and treating yourself 
the way that you would desire for another person to treat you. And I I want people to really, really take that and let that sink in about having that relationship with yourself first. Because a lot of people think that they, you know, they think that they, you know, they really think that they love and like themselves and they, but what are you, what do you say to yourself when, when you're by yourself? What, what are the thoughts that you're having? Are you the type that beats yourself up over, you know, over some uh, mistakes? I mean, that is not a very loving place to be if you are beating yourself up over things that you have errored, errored in. And truly, uh, I think I recently came across uh, a quote um, that uh, Oprah, Oprah had given, that she didn't believe in mistakes. She, she says, and a mistake is only an opportunity to correct what is then, you know, it's an opportunity to correct what what has taken place. So, you know, be easy on yourself. Be be okay with with who you are and how you're presenting. Hey, you know, flaws and all, you know. You know, love that word on your nose. Love the fact that you can be a bit of a pill. Love the fact that you can be... Um, interesting and vivacious. Uh, love the fact that, you know, that you can be, you know, really, you know, kind of uh, annoying. <laughs> it's just being able to love and appreciate yourself, all aspects of yourself. It, it, it you know, it is such a good space to be in because, when you are easier on yourself, you have a less of a tendency to judge others, and you be, you're more in a place of being able to accept the very nature, that the very things that uh, things that that may have seemed unacceptable in other people before, because you are able to accept that about yourself, as and all. All right. And so with that, putting your first yourself first, the first thing is spending time alone. If you're going to learn how to love yourself, you got to spend time with yourself. And that almost goes back to what I was talking about in the first part about being able to fall in love with someone. You fall in love with someone, if you don't initially have that feeling, the more time you spend with them, the more you get to know them, the more you get to understand them, the easier it will be for you to fall in love with anyone. So here, when we're talking about putting yourself first, how are you going to give away what you don't have? You know, it's easy to want to be in a relationship, to want it because you don't want to be alone to want it because everybody else is in a relationship and you don't want to be the odd person out or because you think it's what you're supposed to do or because you want to have sex with somebody or because you want companionship or for whatever reason. You should spend time alone and learn to love yourself. Get to know you. 
really, really get to know you. That way, when you give yourself away to someone, you have something truly valuable, and you understand the value of what you have that you're giving yourself away to. And that means that no matter how much you like somebody, because one of the biggest things that we come across in our business is people who sacrifice their self-esteem in the name of love. Because you feel this way inside your heart, and it just feels like your heart is going to explode if you can't have this person, you allow them to disrespect you in so many ways. And it may not even be outright in the sense of them putting their hands on you or calling you outside your name. It may just be in the way you allow them to get away with things they shouldn't, like maybe lying or playing games that you don't need to be a part of doing things that's just not right, you know, cheating on you, especially if it's become a habit. It, I, no one's perfect. No one's perfect. And it really, it's ideal that two people in a relationship keep it in their pants except for with each other. But that probably won't happen. But if someone makes a habit of doing this, you know, then they're showing you who they are. Don't let your heart override your head. If someone is not coming home when they're supposed to or they're always working late, whatever the excuse is, there could be a problem going on there. Do not sacrifice your self-esteem because your heart is so filled with love for this other person. Put it on a scale, you know, a proverbial scale, the other person versus myself. Which way does it tilt? If it tilts in favor of the other person, that you're loving them more than you love yourself, so you're putting up with way more garbage than you should, then that's a problem. Because you need to spend time alone. You need to spend time learning you, loving you, and appreciating the masterpiece that you are. Because there's only one you. And the same way this person likes you, somebody else will like you. And, you know, it's easy to say, well, you know, I may not feel this way about somebody else. You know what? That's probably a good thing. It's probably a good thing. Because if you're willing to go through hell for somebody who's treating you that way, they don't really love you, and you don't deserve them. So to meet someone else who's going to treat you better, but you don't feel the same way about them that you feel about this person, that's really showing you how much you love yourself. You see, because in this first relationship, you're not loving yourself. You're being needy. And I'm talking from a person who's been there. You're being needy. You're reaching out. You're trying to grab something. You're trying to strangle it. You're trying to hold on to something that don't need to be held on to. Let it go. And that other person, yeah, you may not feel that same way about that other person. But you know what? That's a good thing. Because with that relationship with the other person, you get a chance to experience loving yourself. And you know what? If you love yourself, you'll only make that relationship with that person all the better. Love yourself and watch how that relationship changes. You'll be surprised how one day you wake up and you say, you know what? I didn't love this person, but now I do, and I'm so glad that they're here. And 
I can't believe what a fool I was, you know, because that other person, I, I, I would never let anyone treat me that way again. I wouldn't let anyone treat my daughter or my son that way. Wake up. How do you wake up? How do you love yourself? How do you do the things or come to the realization that Reverend Arlene talked about? Spend time alone. Meditate. Journal. Have conversations with yourself about the things that you like. What's your favorite outfit? What's your favorite clothes? What do you like on your body? Learn to appreciate all of your body. And if there's any problem that you have with it, find a way to get over it. Exercise if it doesn't look the way you want it to look. And keep working out until you get it to look the way you want it to look. But in the meantime, don't criticize it. Don't put it down. Appreciate it. Appreciate it because you have legs that get you from place to place. You have eyes that see all the wonders of the world. You have ears to hear the beautiful sound of birds and music. You have a working body. And that's got to be worth something. Love it. Love it with all your heart for what it's worth. Because if you want to give it away, you need to love it more than the person you're giving it to loves it. And... You need to love you more than you love them. Have your own friends. When you're in a relationship, it's good to have relationship friends, but you also need to have your own friends. Your friends completely independent and separate from the friends that you share with your partner. If something goes wrong and the relationship comes to an end, you're not fighting over these friends. It's not, well, who get the Josephs? Oh, well, you were closer to them than I was. But, you know, you don't go through that craziness. And it's interesting that in breakups, sometimes people have to decide who gets to keep the friends. Or one person just drops out of the clique. They don't even discuss it. They just drop out of the clique. They don't want to hang around this group anymore because they're friends with the ex. And if they go around, the ex may be there, and it's just uncomfortable. Have your own group of friends. But even if the relationship worked, it's still good to have your own group of friends. Because in a relationship, it is all too easy for people to lose themselves. So you need to maintain your individuality to a degree. You want to be in a relationship and you want to be a team. But in order to be a good team player, you've got to still be a good person, a good you. You can be 100% in the relationship and still be 100% authentic with who you are, which means, you know, I am Harvey in the relationship, but I'm Harvey outside the relationship. We don't need to do everything together. We don't need to spend every waking minute together. There may be things that I want to do, and I'm certainly not going to want her to do everything with me. So there may be things that I like to do that she don't like to do. There may be things that we both like to do, but I might not want to do them with her. I might want to do them with my friends. But it's okay. I should have my time to do what I want to do, and she should have her time to do what she want to do, and it's important that we have our time to be in a relationship because if you don't feed the relationship, it'll die. So you must have time together as well as time apart. And Arlene, you got any thoughts on that? No, I, I think you did a pretty good job there. Okay. So you good there? Yeah. yeah you comfortable? You, you like that? You all right? Yeah. 
You with me? <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm with you. All right, all right, all right, all right. Next, I want you to listen to other people, then listen to yourself. And let me explain that. When we're in a relationship, we tend to hear a lot of things from other people. You know, you have other people who complain about their relationship. You know, she did this or she did that. She want me to do this. He want me to do that. You know, you, you hear all those complaints. And, you know, Reverend Arlene and I, we talked about that earlier. We talked about how people talk about the bad stuff. But sometimes people want to try to influence you to feel the same way in your relationship that they feel in their relationship. You know, it's a misery loves company kind of thing. Even if their relationship is fairly good, if they're doing some complaining, they want to hear you complaining. You know, they'll try to draw you in. Oh, you know she get on your nerves. You ain't got to say it. I see it on your face sometimes. You know, they try to bring you into the mix. Listen to what other people got to say. Some people will give you advice about your relationship, even if you ain't asking for it. Man, you got to always do this. You got to always do that. You got to treat them like this. Listen. And then, before you do anything, listen to yourself. Especially when you're going through something in your relationship. Because it, it just seems like when you're going through something in your relationship, even if you're not telling other people, people tend to sense it. Or you tend to find yourself around people who are giving relationship advice. Man, you know this woman I used to mess with used to get on my nerves all the time. Let me tell you what I did. You know, this is what I this is how I handled it. I ain't putting up with that and then and you know, listen to what they got to say. Some people are gonna give you some advice that you can really use. Some good advice. And some people are gonna give you some outrageous crap that you can just completely disregard. But listen to it and then listen to yourself. Take that, whatever you heard from them, take it inside and see if it is right for you. And you got to think forward with that. What I mean by that is this. Arlene, let's say you and I are talking, right? And I'm going through some stuff in this relationship. And I'm sharing with you, you know, this is this, this, this. And you say, you know, women are like this. You know, sometimes they can act like kids. And when they get that way, you should really just completely ignore her. Don't even play into it because all she's trying to do is get some attention. So just completely ignore her. And I hear what you're saying. And it's like, okay, all right. You know, I don't need to to it and go back and forth with you. I, I heard what you said. I accepted that. Now, before I do that, I need to spend some time alone and I need to think about it. Hmm. I listened to what you said. Now listen to myself. Self, would that be a good idea? And just sit with it. Think about how that would work. Okay, so if I did that and I just ignored it, didn't play into it, how would she respond? Huh. Is that the response that I want? How would that affect the relationship? Would that hurt the relationship? Would it create a rift in the relationship? Is it something that I can come back from? Am I tired of this relationship anyway? Am I ready to, you know, throw it over? I've always got a choice. So, hmm, how does this affect the overall picture? If I do this, obviously there's going to be consequences. Am I prepared to deal with those consequences? How will I deal with those consequences? What will that look like? 
So I'm listening to myself, but I'm talking to myself. I'm having a dialogue with myself about if this is the right thing to do. Now, a couple things is happening here. One, I'm seeking my own counsel. Wise men seek their own counsel. Hmm. Two, I'm getting to know my mind better. Why? Because I'm listening to my thoughts, to my questions. And three, I'm allowing it to move through me. I'm feeling it out. Just as when you're answering somebody else's questions, you know, as they, what's the saying, say it from your chest. <laughs> well, you said it from your chest. You said it with a lot of passion there. So now I'm talking to myself. And I'm feeling this out. Wherever it's feeling, you know, wherever I'm feeling it in my body, when I'm thinking about it, it's giving me a headache. Oh, man, I don't even want to think about this anymore. It's giving me a headache. Okay. It could be a problem. My neck getting stiff as I think about this, as I talk to myself about it. You know, is it hurting in my chest? Is it hurting in my arms? Is it hurting in my back? All those things mean something. Or do this feel good? Yeah, I like that. Sometimes we can say some stuff to ourselves and we're like, yeah, yeah, that's it right there. I like that. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. If it feels good to you, then it's probably something that you should do. But only if you thought it out. If you really thought about doing whatever it is you're going to do and the effects that it's going to have on the overall relationship. All right. Arlene, talk to me. Well, as for talking about um, your relationship, I would say that you should talk to people who have uh, the type of relationship that you are desiring for yourself. Uh, The only reason that I say that, or the one main reason that I say that, is because that person is going to have a different type of perspective than the, the, uh, the regular Joe who's like, well, you know, I, I just, you know, I just ignore her or, you know, whatever the case may be. Because they, they will probably be in a in a space of telling you, well, I, I understand where you're coming from. You know, I understand where you're coming from and this is, you know, something that occurs in marriages. And so what you, what you can do. Or if, you know, if it's just a situation where you just need to listen and that they will let you do your boo-hooing, you know, <laughs> temporarily, and then and then tell you to, you know, suck it up in some way or have a compassionate, a compassionate word for you. Um, and, then, and then after you seek out that counsel, to go ahead and do what Reverend Harvey says, which is, you know, well, does it necessarily fit? Because oftentimes, even though, you know, you're the people who are around you, they represent different aspects of what's going on inside of you internally. Um, But the relationship that you are having with another person is the relationship that you are having. Never mind what people outside of you are saying because it it really comes down to you, your perspective, and how you're going to address whatever it is that may be going on. 
and also and also you know you know keep always keep that in mind always keep that in mind and and have what I would say trusted people that you can bounce things off of but you know but always allow yourself to have the final word with with your relationship because you you're the one that's living it that in you know you're the person that you are you are having that joint experience with that person that you are involved with with your 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 beloved you are the one that are having that are that is having that relationship and since you are the one that has more of the invested time and energy in it let yourself have the final word and not let yourself be necessarily overly swayed by outside influences. And I would also say, you know, in addition to that, uh, pray over it. Pray for pray for whatever uh, answer or solution that you're looking for as well. And I'm complete on that. <laughs> you're complete? I'm complete. You sure? Yeah. yeah. You're not incomplete? <laughs> <laughs> okay. You've got to change your relationship with life. What does that even mean? Having a relationship with life. What's that about, Reverend Arlene? Not a relationship with life. How are you, you know, are you enjoying your experience in your own life? How are you, you know, how are you presenting yourself in in the world? What is it that you're experiencing? Yeah. Because, yeah, what is it it that you're experiencing? How are you perceiving life? What you experience is going to be based on how you perceive it. How you perceive it. Yeah. If you perceive life to be a horrible, being cruel place, then that's the relationship that you're going to have with life. There are people who always seek something to complain about because that's the relationship that they're having with life. And then there are people who just always seem to be, what is it, rainbows and unicorns. They're just happy all the time. Because that's the relationship that they chose to have with life. So you got to think about it. And actually, you don't have to think hard about it. Look at what's showing up in your life. And that will help you determine what your relationship is with your life. Are you living an unhappy life? Has it always been this way? Has it been going on for a long, long time? It's one thing to be in transition because even the happiest person can go through a transition, you know, and what a real mark of a happy person is, is when you're in transition, you're still the same person. And what I mean by that is you're a happy person, you lived a good life, you've owned some property, had your own house, had good jobs, had money, you know, and then things got rough for you and you end up homeless on the street. But even being on the street, you maintained a good attitude. You didn't become an animal. You're not bitter and cold about your situation. Instead, you know that this is transient. This is temporary. You know, this was 
just the way the cards fell for me. But this is not who I am. This is what I am experiencing, but not who I am. And I will bounce back from this because that's who I am. I'm someone who lives at a higher vibration. I'm someone who bounces back. I am a survivor. I am someone who lives. And so that's what I'm going to do. That's your relationship with life. Your relationship with life is how you perceive it and how you treat life regardless of what shows up. And for a lot of people, that's a major challenge. And it does take work. If you're not that person naturally, then you've got to practice, 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 practice. If you've been around negative people and you picked up the habit of complaining, you know, the man is out to get me, it's them versus us, you know, and everything else in the world is wrong. Today my feet hurt, tomorrow my ankle hurt, you know, my check ain't right, they messed that up. It seems like every month they messing up my check, and I'm late with my rent, God darn those people ought to give me a break. And it's just one complaint after the next complaint, after the next complaint, after the next complaint, and you never take time to give thanks. That's your relationship with life. So when we're talking about changing your relationship with life, what we're saying is really change your paradigm of life. Look at life differently. Don't focus on all the so-called negatives. Focus on the blessings that you have. And you have blessings. Everybody has blessings. Everybody. And a lot of things that we don't even count as blessings. Can you see? Guess what? There's somebody who can't. Can you sleep through the night? Guess what? There's somebody who can't. Can you go to the bathroom? Guess what? There's somebody who can't. You know? And so no matter what you think your situation is, there's always, and I remember hearing this when I was a kid, my mother said there's always someone doing worse. There is. There's always someone doing worse. So change your paradigm. And as far as relationships go, the first thing we're going to talk about with getting, uh, changing your relationship with life, educated. Get educated. Wow. In getting educated, I'm not talking about getting a associate's degree, a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, a doctorate. I'm not talking about that kind of education. I'm talking about learning about yourself, self-help education. I'm talking about learning about relationships, getting educated on how, one, to be a better person, how to grow spiritually, two, how to have a better relationship. Read the five love languages. Read Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. Read books like this. Learn how to be in a relationship. Learn how to communicate better in a relationship. Learn conflict resolution for your relationship, but also work on self-growth, self-help, um, growing, well, self-growth, self-help. You know, work on growing spiritually. Work on being the best you that you can be because you want to give away the best product of you that you have. And it begins with your mind. 
So if you change your relationship with life, if you stop complaining and start appreciating all the benefits that you have in life, all the gifts, all the talents, all the things that God provided you with, life will change for you. Because what you appreciate, appreciates. And what that means is you get more of it. If you appreciate your health, you get better health. If you appreciate the money that you make, no matter how much or how little, you attract more money. If you appreciate the love that you have in your life with the person that you're with, you get more love. Get educated. Learn what you can learn about yourself and how to grow and how to have a better relationship. Reverend Arlene? I I would say yes, and this falls in line with one of the things that we talked about earlier, which is put yourself first. Put yourself first. Yeah, because this you know, this really ties in really well with with um, you know, putting yourself first. And then give yourself I, away. And and then, you know, because what's yes, because when you take care of yourself first, um, you do have almost a seeming unlimited amount of energy to give to the rest of the world. Yeah, and you can do it in a better mindset, in a better light. You know, if, again, my paradigm of life, my relationship with life has been struggle because that's what I came up with and all I know is hard times, well, basically, no matter how much I say I want better, what I'm always expecting is hard times. Because that's what I know. That's what I'm used to. And so if that's my relationship with life, why would I not bring that into my relationship? How do I separate it? Isn't a relationship a part of life? And so being who I am, whatever I am in life is what I'm going to be in that relationship. So if I'm a thug in life, I'm going to be a thug in that relationship. If hard times is what I know, hard times is what I'm looking for in a relationship. But when I change my relationship with life, then I change my relationship with myself. Then the relationship I have with my significant other can be more significant. And so after you get educated, and this falls right in line with it, always seek change. Always seek change. And that's an interesting thing to talk about in a relationship because usually when you hear couples talking about change, it's a bad thing in a relationship. You know, one person may get scared when the other person starts doing things, maybe start a business or go back to school. You know, you feel like there's less time for you or maybe they're exposed to different people and you may lose them to somebody else or, you know, they just don't have the same interest you have anymore, and it seems like you're growing apart. Change is a good thing. And just because you're growing doesn't necessarily mean it has to be apart. You know, it is actually possible for both people or even one person in a relationship to grow, to broaden their horizons, to expand their experience yet still accept the other person and be happy with the other person. Now, often when one person grows, you do want the other person to kind of come along with you 
because you're wanting someone who can share what you're experiencing. And if you don't have that, that can be a problem in a relationship. But here's the thing, and Arlene, you had mentioned this early on, you bring prayer into your relationship because truth be told, if you're seeking change, you must seek the Almighty. And this isn't about being, you know, a Christian, a Jew, a Muslim, or any religious faith. Any any higher power you believe in, even if you're an atheist, even they sometimes believe in a higher version of themselves. Pray to whatever power you believe in and ask that power to work within your relationship. And you're not asking that power to change anybody. You're asking that power to make this a better, stronger relationship or what's best for both of us. Because sometimes what may be best for both of you is for one person to move out of the way so another person can stand in that spot, someone who may be right for you. But you always got to seek change. It makes no sense to try to stay the same. Staying the same, Arlene, is considered retarded. Because human beings are supposed to change. Everything in life change. We're supposed to grow. You don't believe me? Take a look at your throwback Thursday picture. Do you still look like that? Probably not. If you did, you didn't throw back far enough. <laughs> you know, life is about changing. You know, that yesterday the president did his final State of the Union address. He talked about the way things were when he took office and the way it is now. Change. Everything change. Everything change. Even change changes. So in order to change your relationship with life, you got to get educated about how you can be a better person. You've got to educate yourself on relationships. And, Arlene, you've heard me say this. I believe that people in relationships, particularly married people, it's hard to enforce with people dating. But when you get a marriage certificate, you should be forced to have to take continuing education classes. Every three years, you need to renew your marriage license. By taking continuing ed. You know, because we get into a relationship and we get lazy. We quit. We give up. I got you now. You know, I have certain expectations. I expect that, you know, we're going to spend time together. I expect that we're going to have sex. You know, I expect that, you know, we'll, one of us will clean the house and one of us will cook. And, you know, don't worry, I'll take care of the car. I'll wash the car and put the change the oil and stuff like that. But, you know, you have expectations. But it's not the same as when you were seeking that person, you know. That was that representative. He was out there getting his hustle on. He was all spiffy and shiny, Johnny on the spot. Got it made. <laughs> you know, what you need. I got you, boo. I got you. What? I got that too, you know. Now I'm comfortable. I'm not doing the things I used to do. Relationships change. But that's the nature of life. It's going to change. So continuing education helps you stay in the game. It helps you stay sharp. It helps you learn to be 
a better partner in a relationship. It also helps you learn to be a better person. Reverend Arlene, you got anything else you want to add in there? You still with me? Yeah, I'm still with you. <laughs> GP, are you with me? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I think you handled that pretty well. Okay. And so in our fourth block, it is tell the truth. Can you tell the truth in a relationship? Why, oh, why, oh, why would anyone tell the truth in a relationship? If that's not a recipe for disaster, oh, my goodness. The things that telling the truth can get us into, even something that might be innocent, can get you in trouble telling the truth. Why would you tell the truth? Well, I'm going to tell you why you would tell the truth. If you are in a relationship, and that's what it is, a relationship, then forget it. Don't tell the truth. But if you are building a spiritual union, then you've got to tell the truth. Because in order to completely connect with another, you have to be psychologically naked. That means they need to know you and you need to know them. That means this. And me telling the truth, Arlene, if there's a problem that I have with you, I need to bring it up, even if it's petty. But if it's petty, I need to understand that it's petty first before I bring it to you. And I need to be able to say that to you in the right way. You know what, Arlene? This is petty. So please, don't don't be offended by it. This is my issue. I know this about myself. But every time you do blah, 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 it makes me feel some kind of way, and I'm working on that. I am. And you know what? I'm going to say this to you. Help me, because you're my partner in this relationship, and I want to be completely open with you. There's going to be a time when you do that, you know, and I'm not going to be 100% like I am right now and realize it. And I might snap and say the wrong thing and hurt your feelings. I just need you to help me. One, by understanding, I didn't mean it. I was just in a fool mind mode. You know, that monkey mind make you do some things. And two, being able to talk to me and say, look, because you explained to me, I know why you did that. But I appreciate it if you could, you know, catch yourself and stop from doing that. And see, we have dialogue going on. You understand what's going on with me. I understand, you know, what's going on with me, and I shared it with you, and I'm pulling my tail when I step on it, <laughs> you know, because I'm going to step on my tail. And it's okay for you to pull it and say, hey, don't do that, you know. And maybe if we really want to go down a rabbit hole and get deep in our relationship, maybe instead of watching TV, we can sit down and talk, and we can talk about why. And I know this don't sound good to men. Talk. Man, you crazy. But you know what? That's a relationship. Look at that word. Relate. Relate. That's the root of relationship. If you're not relating, then what kind of relationship do you have? If we ain't going to talk about it, then what do we really have here? Oh, she know what's on my mind. Do you? 
Do any woman really know what's on a man, man on a man's mind? <laughs> no. Right. And I'm gonna tell you as a man, we certainly don't know what's on y'all mind. It's a complete mystery. Even the best of us, we got an idea and we can say, Yeah, I know my woman and we can have a good clue of her until the thing that we've been doing that's always been working don't work and now we trying to figure out, Well, I always do that. Why is it not working now? Yeah, no. But when you can truly, truly sit there and you can talk about it, you know, you can work it out. The first part of telling the truth is learning how to fight. That's right. In your relationship, you've got to learn how to fight. No dirty pool, no scratching, no biting, just straight up. Playing by the rules when we fight. And what I mean by fighting is not really a fight, but it's being able to, what I just talked about, communicate. And understanding that even though I shared with you that something about you bothered me, I know it's going to come up again. And I'm letting you know it's going to come up again. And I'm letting you know right now I'm clear in my head. On it, But when it come up another time, I may not be clear. And I'm likely to say something stupid. I'm giving you carte blanche okay to call me on it. You know, and let's talk about it. How do we fight? We bring up things when it happened. We bring it up when it happened, and then we point out, look, I recognize that when this happens, you do this or you say this, that makes me feel like you're not whatever it is that you're not doing. I would appreciate it if you could or if we can sit down and talk about it. Is that okay with you? And then the other person has the chance to say yay or nay. And you respect what they say, yes or no. And if it's a no, you come back to it the very next time it happens, and you keep going there until you guys eventually talk about it. And believe me, at some point you will, especially if you're doing all the other stuff that goes along with it, a lot of the other things that we talked about. But this is how you fight. Fighting doesn't involve MF and FU and none of that. That's not fighting. That's just destroying your relationship. Yeah, we get hot in the moment. But even in the moment, we've got to learn to respect ourselves and respect our partners. And it doesn't happen right away. It's something that you work on. So you learn to fight. You learn what to say and what not to say. And there's some things you can say to some people. You know, some people can date each other and you can say anything to that person. And it's like, wow. And then that relationship may come to an end and you with the next person and you try to carry it the same way you carried it with the last person. No, that was germane to the last relationship you were in. In this relationship, you've got to learn this person. The things you did and said in the last relationship doesn't work in this relationship. So you've got to be able to communicate. And learning to fight is really just about learning your partner's communication style, understanding your communication style, and creating a style that works for the two of you. And believe me, it's really best when you create your own style, you know, 
Because there's all the gurus in the world can tell you what to do, but really, when you create your own style. Eileen, if there's certain things I know about you and we've talked it out, we're going to create our own way of communicating. We could be out with friends, and you could look at me because I said something I shouldn't have said. And you can just give me a look, and then it's like, oh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I, I know I done messed up there, you know, and vice versa. That's when you get really good at it, when you've developed your own way of communicating with your partner. And so learning to fight is really learning how to effectively communicate through your issues and being honest about everything. If you have a problem in, with the sex, you know, it's not good. Why don't we try some stuff? Let's talk about it. Problem with money. Those two used to be the two biggest things, sex and money. Why people broke up in relationships. There's a problem with the money. Look, I like to spend. You like to save. Your saving is driving me insane. We're going to have to sit down and talk about this. We got all this money, and I need to get me a bigger TV and some rims on my car. Come on. What's the deal, yo? <laughs> but to every problem, there's a solution. And in the words of the late Dr. Wayne Dyer, every problem there's a spiritual solution. And that's what you should be seeking. When you tell the truth, you're opening yourself up to be completely transparent with your partner. And what you're saying in essence is, I am offering you all that I am. And I am a spirit. And you are a spirit. And so let's be psychologically naked. Let's share who we are because we are seeking a spiritual union. And, of course, you can't have a spiritual union without bringing the Almighty into your relationship. So, Arlene, what are your thoughts on learning to fight? I think that it's a good thing. You think it's a good thing? Uh, I Yeah, it's a good thing. You um, ready to fight? Put them up. Put them And and also definitely understanding how it is that you how it is that you operate because uh, you know being able to fight almost what is it on the spot can be challenging for me because that there is a delay for me and it's something that I've learned how to do and a lot of times. Uh, I have to process it before I address it because if I came out initially with with all guns blazing, it, it wouldn't be a pretty picture. Okay. <laughs> Just a side note for, of, of me understanding myself. Um, however, yes, um, telling the truth mm-hmm. and being honest about you know where you are. And what what it is that you you're you're wanting, and what it is that you're expecting, and being able to relay that to the other person, um, it is a much better place to be in with a relationship than showing up the representative. Yeah, the representative, you know, the representative is. Is a lot, you know, but for the most part, it can be a lot. Well, representative can't stand up for long. Yeah, it it doesn't it it doesn't stand up for a long period of time. Mm -mm. And if it's just better to 
go ahead and allow the person to see all of that up front so that you don't have to struggle with keeping up the representative. Why do that to yourself? <laughs> because the other person is going to feel duped and you're going to, you know, and you're going to get absolutely exhausted with keeping up the facade. Well, see, and that's uh, just it. No one keeps the facade up. It is, like you said, it's a lie, and it can't hold up for long, so no one keeps it up. So usually you don't get exhausted, you just stop doing it, because it's it's one of them things, you know, it's fake it till you make it. So I'll pretend to be this until I get you. Then once I got you, you know, I ain't got to be that way anymore. And then it's one of them things where the other person is like, well, you used to do this. You used to be like this. You used to, you used to, you used to. Yeah, but that was never really who this person was. This was what they did to get you. And in, you know, one party's mind, it's you used to, and that's what they fell in love with. That's what they like, what you used to do. And now they're seeing something different. And then for a lot of people, it's like, well, they think they know you, and it's the worst thing when, you know, you date someone for a very brief period and they think they know you. It takes years to really get to know someone, to really get to know someone. And so if you think in a matter of 15 to 45 days you know the person you're with, you might want to think again. If you grew up with them from kids and y'all had been friends and then fell in love, yeah, you know them. But if this is someone who you knew to and you're dating or you jumped into the quick relationship, you don't know that person. You haven't spent enough time with them. I don't care if you spent every day and night with them for 15 to 45 days. You still don't know them. You haven't seen them. Old wisdom, you know, the kind of wisdom that grandma used to say is, baby, you need to know somebody through all four seasons. You really do. (laughs) You really do. Like spring, summer, fall, and winter. Love never stays the same. All righty, then. Yeah. <laughs> so the next part of, you know, telling the truth actually goes back to what you were saying about how hard it is for you to learn to fight because coming out with your guns blazing and you shouldn't. That's not what the fight is about. The fight is about being able to calmly, openly and honestly express what's going on with you. But in order to do that, you have to learn how to stand up for yourself. And for a lot of people, it's not easy. It's not easy. And it can be very uncomfortable if it's not who you've always been. How do you stand up for yourself? Well, you have to decide when you've had enough. When you've had enough. And then you have to speak out on it. Maybe one incident was enough. Maybe you're easy kind of person, and it's 27 incidents before it's enough. But, you know, and, and some people would say you stop it right off the, you know, right at the bat. And I used to be one of those kind of people. But you know what? What I've come to realize is everyone is different, 
And when you try to coach people too far out of their comfort box, it doesn't work. You want people to stretch, but you don't want to take them too far from their comfort box. So if you're someone who usually just puts up with it over and over and over and over again and you never really express your opinion, you just eventually take action, which is usually like a passive-aggressive action, you know, maybe just leaving the relationship without saying goodbye, hit the road, Jack, you know, you don't say any of those, you just kind of don't come home one day or something like that. (laughs) Well, there's a happy medium between the first incident and taking it until you just decide you're going to disappear. That happy medium is set a number. What's your number? Nine. Okay, good. When you've taken the same form of abuse nine times, then speak up. Say something. Say something. Do something about it. You know, don't let it go beyond that. Um, don't, I'm sorry. I, um, wow. <laughs> do something about it. And so that's what you've got to do. You know, you, you find where your comfort zone is, and then you stand up. But you've got to learn how to stand up for yourself. And you can take baby steps with standing up for yourself. Mm-hmm. Baby steps is choose something. You know, if you've been in a relationship for a while, choose something. What is something that this person does that bothers you, that you want to say something about? And make it something small. Don't start off with a big thing. Make it something small. Okay, they chew with their mouth open. Okay, so this is what you're going to do. You're going to practice, you know, alone saying that it's a problem for you that they chew with their mouth open. And you can use the little model that we use. Honey. I notice that when you eat, you chew with your mouth open. It's not a big deal, but it does bother me. You know, and we can go through that several kind of ways, you know, but you practice saying it. And then after practicing it, when you feel comfortable, you go ahead and you actually say it. You keep practicing it until you're prepared and you can say it in a nice way. And then you go ahead and say it. And you've got to practice standing up for yourself until it becomes second nature. So you can do it with a lot of different things. You know, if the person is always telling you to do something, practice saying no, no, no. And then one day when they tell you to do something, just simply say no. And you can stand there shaking, but don't do it, (laughs) you know, until you get strong enough that no means no. But if you don't take the first step, you will never, ever, ever get there. You've got to take the first step, and you've got to learn to stand up for yourself. Because how can you even learn to fight if you can't stand up for yourself? Because you'll never get in the fight if you don't first stand up for yourself. Reverend Arlene, mm-hmm. what you got there? Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking about uh, that that you are right about taking it in baby steps. Um, with with uh, you know, 
understanding where your boundaries are, where those violations take place, and, and actually going ahead and honoring that and taking and I recall when the, it was really in my mid twenties you know mid twenties to thirties where I began truly developing that habit of of you know just not accepting the behavior that um that um, I was perceiving that the, that I thought was a personal affront to me, uh, and it it in mind you, it is like working a muscle in in building in building up the strength in order for you to fully engage. But when you have that as your particular intention, uh, just take it one one step at a one person at a time and allowing that yourself the opportunity to to engage with that and just simply say uh, say for instance there's a person around you I recall one time um, I was you know and I don't always recommend that a person do this but I would come into work early when I was working at the airport in in Arizona, and you know I would come I would come anywhere from like a half an hour to fifteen minutes early, and the the person who was the supervisor, um, you know she was about she was really a complete person, and so regardless of whether or not it was a violation or not, she just expected her to take to be answered. And, you know, for the most part, I, I would consider myself a good employee, but the, but I would, you know, I kind of resented when she would um, try to violate that personal time that I would have just before I would get into work and tell me to go to a gate. And one day she called me, and I had purposely you know, I had purposely set out to, you know, not be anywhere in her vicinity. Um, but um, I, when I answered the phone, she called me up and she and she's like, Arlene, I need you to go to gate whatever, whatever. And I, and I just simply said, I can't do that. And there was this pause on the phone. <laughs> there was this pause on the phone. And mind you, I I had not, you know, I had not, um, you know, I, I again, I was early. And and she was like, well, why? And I just, in that day, I just was to to not give myself that time and that freedom that I allowed myself to sort of ease my way into doing the job would have been a serious violation to me personally. And I said, you know, I just have to play before I you know, I actually start this job. That was the answer. And, oh, you know, 
what honestly, what can she say to that? There was nothing that she could say to that. So, and so, but you know, if you, you know, that I think that had to happen like twice with her. And, you know, however, you know, after that, after that time, that, that never happened again. Um, where she would violate uh, violate that faith, but yeah, it, and and this goes for any relationship, uh, especially if you are not the type that that is into standing up for yourself. You give yourself, you know, one step at a time, one person at a time, uh, and 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 just give yourself the time to slowly, slowly work that muscle, and you will begin to find that, you know that you get less and less preoccupied and concerned um, with how people are going to react because you are honoring you. Okay. Did I digress too much? Mm, No. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was waiting for the end. I didn't know if you were done. That's why there was the pause there. (laughs) but yeah and so that that is that is it you know the only thing left in telling the truth is to actually tell your truth share Mm -hmm. your truth don't keep it in thinking that it helps the relationship it doesn't it never helped the relationship if there's a problem that you're having in a relationship Whatever it is, you need to let the other person in the relationship know. If you're not sharing it with them, all you're doing is burying the relationship. You can't have a relationship where one person is keeping a secret from the other person. Open up and share, especially if there's something that's bothering you. You know, if there's something you don't like, talk about it. Work it out. Figure out how to work it out. Get help to work it out. You've always got a choice. Do you want to be in this relationship? This is why this can ruin your relationship. Because what we're talking about is getting beyond the romantic relationship and moving into the area, the neighborhood of a spiritual union. In a spiritual union, you trust God with your relationship. You're not worried about manly ways and manly things. So the the problem of telling the truth and getting in trouble doesn't exist because you're both working to move beyond that. I tell the truth, and I know that my truth will help both of us grow. And the whole idea of this relationship is for us both to grow spiritually as well as individually, just as... I came in with my own personal individual goals. The person who I'm dealing with should come in with their own personal individual goals. And then we should have ever-evolving couple goals. And that's what this helps you do. Move towards a spiritual union by working on those couple goals. Being able to Mm -hmm. tell the truth. Being able to choose or change your relationship with life. Being able to put yourself first and divorcing the fairy tale. 
Reverend Arlene, it looks like we're coming to the end of the show. Is there anything that you want to share? Uh, just remember, uh, I think the you know, we've been saying it pretty much over and over again and reiterating it in different ways, but bring your authentic self to your relationship. Bring who you really are to the relationship because, because you know, you trying to be somebody else, <laughs> I guarantee you it's not going to work. And the proof positive is, like, if you just take a look at the relationships that are out there now. But when you begin to be more authentically yourself, you're going to find that not only does your personal relationship get better, but all of your relationships get better because you are being who you really are you are able to express who you really are and live a life that is uh, unencumbered and unafraid of of being, just being you and being authentically you. And that's all I have to say. And that's all you have to say. All right. Okay. Well, that is beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Wonderful the note. And so, Arlene, you have any events coming up? Uh, Anything you want to promote? Well, um, you know, um, you can get in contact with me through HealingParadigms.com or contact me through Healing Paradigms on Facebook uh, or contact me via Facebook. My name is Arlene Cahet. That's K-A-H-E-T. Or give me a call at area code 240-343-2590. Again, that number is area code 240-343-2590. In addition to doing relationship coaching, I do um, um, readings, um, as well as providing uh, energy healing services. So, yes. Um, Yeah. 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 Okay. (laughs) All right. That's what you do. Good, 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 good to know. All right. And, of course, I'm Reverend Harvey L. Bailey, and you can catch me this coming Sunday. Sunday, 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 Sunday. I will be doing in White Marsh, Maryland, Nottingham. I will be doing a... 90-minute free seminar, and it is entitled Relationship Survival. And I will be talking about all kinds of wonderful things in relationship survival. If you're in the Baltimore area and you're interested in coming out, it is 12 noon this coming Sunday. And you can call the Make Your Reservation. It is free, but you still have to reserve a spot. By calling 443-322-4408. Also, I am going to be at Indigenal in downtown Baltimore on Monday the 25th. 
I will be doing a 12-strand DNA activation meditation at Indigenal. So, if, again, if you're in the Baltimore area, check me out at Indigenal in downtown Baltimore. Also, you can reach me by calling 410-687-0658, or you can catch me on uh, Facebook at One Love, One Connection, One Us. All right, so Arlene, that has been our show, and as always, it's a pleasure to see you here. Yeah, no way. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it's time for us to go on out. Well, peace and blessings, everyone. Have a great night. Good night. I just want to know.